Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. I am so very grateful you're here with us, and I'm very thankful to be your host. If this is your first time, we welcome you, long time, or somewhere in between. God bless you. Hey, we're going to be looking today at kind of a recent discovery of Egyptians' dazzling city there in Thebes or Luxor. This comes from their Golden Dynasty time period. So let's just go ahead and dive in. We're in the Archaeology Magazine, September, October 222. And I've done some other ones on this in the last several days. You want to check those out as well. Just see something on Egypt or something. It'll be that. We do several podcasts, sometimes two a day here. So much in the field of biblical archaeology. And the Bible has been proven true. I tell you a couple I've done recently on uh, 30, I think it's 33 New Testament people proven from uh, secular sources and 55 Old Testament people. I know you can get those over at Scholars Village, if not on here. I think they're on here too. (laughs) But anyhow, it's been several months ago on here. Scholars Village was a recent presentation. All right, so let's get started. Again, thanks for being here. During the New Kingdom, with one brief interlude, Amon or Amon-Ra, the supreme god, was worshipped as first among the Egyptian gods. He was kind of like in a hierarchy. What do they call that? They call, there's a specific name that escapes me now. Uh, it's not monotheism, but it's having a supreme deity over a council. Some people think that that's why the New Testament set up. Won't go into that, but it's not true. Over time, however, Amenhotep III, or I say the New Testament, actually the Old Testament, increasingly began to portray himself as a sun god and promoted a new aspect to the deity known as Aten to prominence. Aten was the disk of the sun, the giver of light and life, and Amenhotep III adopted the epitaph, the dazzling Aten, for himself as well. Now, uh, the Chinese emperor, I think, thought he was a descendant of the sun god also. Some people say the disc at the uh, Catholic mass represents that. Um, I think that's probably tenuous there. (laughs) You know, anyhow... um, the city of Dazzling Aten, I know they don't mean it as such, but they're saying it was kind of like a pagan ceremony somehow made its way in to Christianity. Like Sunday was because of Constantine's worship of the sun. We don't have time to go into any of that, but that's kind of the reasoning behind that. The city of Dazzling Aten was just, I'm going to have to turn a page here and get down to the bottom of another page. There's a lot of little uh, interludes here. It was part of an extensive building program Amenhotep III carried out throughout Egypt. The pharaoh was responsible for commissioning some of the grandest monuments Egypt had ever seen, and he ruled during a period when Egyptian artists were extremely prolific. More statues of Amenhotep III survive today than any other Egyptian pharaoh. I did not know that. Through his excavation, Hawass has discovered that dazzling Aten was linked to Amenhotep III's greatest project of all, his enormous mortuary temple. His greatest project of all, his enormous mortuary temple. Just got a picture of fresco from Amenhotep III's massive Malpeda Palace depicts a bird and vegetation. Man, it looks Roman or something. It's, it's full color. It's incredible. Uh, Amenhotep III was the ninth pharaoh of the 
18th dynasty, one of Egypt's most storied bloodlines. Among its rulers were conquerors such as Amos, like Moses, 1550 to 1525 B.C., Thutmose, M-O-S, like Moses, the third, 1479, 1425 B.C. I bring the M-O-S out just showing that that was a common name in Egypt at that time, so the Bible's not mythological. That's why I bring that up. Military commanders, including Horan Thilti, the controversial King Akhenaton, 1349 to 1336, his renowned wife Nefertiti, and Tutankhamun, perhaps Egypt's most famous ruler, uh, because of uh, obvious reasons, and it's Horem Heb is the commander, Horem Heb. The 18th dynasty was the first dynasty of the new kingdom and began when its founder, Amos, drove out the Hyksos, the shepherd kings, foreign kings who originally hailed from the Levant and who had ruled parts of northern Egypt for more than 200 years. A lot of people still try to equate Hyksos with the Hebrews, Habaru. Not positive there's a connection there. Amos's, and most people think there's not, Amos's reunification of Egypt ushered in a period of unparalleled prosperity. Amenhotep III achieved some military success by launching campaigns into Nubia early in his reign and benefited greatly from the martial exploits of his great-grandfather, Thutmose III. He inherited a territory that stretched across more than a thousand miles from modern Sudan to Syria. The gold that poured into his coffers from the great empire and the relative peace the country enjoyed enabled Himotep III to employ an army of expert architects, builders, painters, sculptors, and artisans who expressed the glory of his age in art and architecture. He commissioned the construction of and sponsored the restoration of temples and monuments up and down the Nile and transformed the capital of Thebes. On the east bank, he carried out extensive additions and renovations, as I turn the page, to the Karnak and Laksar temples, as well as smaller religious complexes. On the west bank, the Pharaoh, and that's not the west bank in Jordan, west bank of Luxor, the Pharaoh built himself a vast sprawling estate at the site of Malkata, M-A-L-Q-A-T-A. The lavish complex was the largest residence in Egypt and included an artificial harbor measuring one and a half miles long. It's incredible. They call it the Golden Dynasty for a reason. It's got a couple beautiful photos here. One is Stacks of bricks were left to dry an industrial workshop in dazzling Aton. They produced mud bricks, likely designated for use in one of Amenhotep III's many building projects. And then two towering statues, two 45-foot-tall statues of the pharaoh Amenhotep III that once flanked the northern gate of his mortuary temple. And they have recently been pieced together from fragments and restored to their original position. Absolutely incredible. They do wear the Tyra on top that does look something Catholic, uh, you know, the Pope wears or something. But again, let's, let's just say the uh, there's tenuous associations there. So it's also got a neat picture of a leather shoe as one of the many artifacts found in the workshop of Dazzling Aton that specialize in making footwear. 
it's incredible. It's just like a sandal with a string through, you know, the big toe, next toe over. And uh, has a mud seal as well of a wine jar. So God bless. Amazing things. That's why Solomon could write the things that are, the things that have already been. There's no new thing under the sun. Leave us five-star review. Helps people find us. Share with your friends, family, church, family, anybody you think might be interested in this. Let's do all things biblical archaeology. God bless you. We'll talk with you later. Bye-bye.